continuing in our series lifestyle and hey if you have been fasting congratulations it is officially one-third of the way through your fast Look, I know there's times where there's been easy moments and then there's been difficult moments, but I believe God is going to bless you and meet you right where you are no matter what season you're currently in. And I also, I want to welcome in our online family. Thank you so much for joining us today. No matter where you are, we're glad that you are with us here today. And we're in a series entitled Lifestyles, and it's all about the rhythms of our life and how they form our future. And last week, Pastor Chow brought us an amazing message about the rhythm of prayer and how to kind of allow prayer to be emphasized in our life so that we can continue to grow in our faith journey. And today, I want to continue kind of in that feed. We get to talk about the Word, the Word of God, the best book, I believe, that has ever been given to us. It is all about our Bible this morning. And I think for a lot of us, we recognize the importance of the Bible. We recognize its power. We recognize how great of a book that it is, but if we could be honest with ourselves, we, always, we don't always get in it. We don't dwell in this thing. We don't open it. I think for some of us, we may think of our Bibles that are back at home and we're like, man, that thing hasn't been opened in quite some time. But I want to encourage you to dust it off and have a new desire to get into his word. We're going to be talking about that today because at the end of the day, this word is powerful. It's not archaic. It's not old, it's alive, and it's relevant to our everyday life. And if you can begin to include the word in your everyday, you're going to see how God is going to make a difference in your life. If I could be honest, I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, when I first started attending a church, it took me about two to three years to finally get a physical Bible of my own. I used to just go to church and I'd sit down and they had these great big ones on the screens. So I'm like, why do I need a Bible? They got it for me right up there. And I would go back home and I'd get plugged into a group and someone would always read from their Bible. I was like, I don't need one. I have it on my phone. But there's something powerful about having a physical Bible, about taking our faith journey seriously, about growing in the knowledge of who God is. And I think it's safe to say that if we start prioritizing our Bibles, our lives will never look the same. I know mine hasn't, and I know yours will be too. And so today, if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to title today's message, The Rhythm of God's Word. The Rhythm of God's Word. Or if you want to get a little bit more specific, you can put in parentheses, The Intaking of God's Word. The Rhythm of Intaking the God's Word. Because I'll be honest, I... I If we don't know this, we really don't know God. We don't know his heart. We don't know his desires. We don't even know our own purpose, what he cares about. So our word is very, very important. So I'm going to break down a couple things today. I I just want to let you know, it's going to be practical. Today's teaching is, it's going to be a lot of teaching, not a lot of stories. It's going to be very practical. It may be elementary for some. And if it is for you, I'm sorry. I pray that you can get something new from it. But for some of us in here who don't read our Bibles a lot, I pray that this is life-changing for you. That you pick up something that gets you to open it and to dive in deeper, to allow it to influence your life. I'm believing that God is going to move in a powerful way today. And so if you can, let's pray before we get started in the message today, okay? If you can, join me. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity we have. Uh, to just gather together. I pray today that you use this message to open people's hearts, to expand their minds, and to allow them to be encouraged no matter what they are facing. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to be here together. 
and I know you're going to move in our lives in a new way today. Jesus, we love you, and in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So church, if you're taking notes, I really want to encourage you to online. If you're taking notes, write this down. I want to give you three ways to engage the word of God, three ways to engage the word of God. And then at the end, I'm going to give you three ways that it will transform your life. So we're going to start here. Three ways to engage the word of God. Like I said, this is going to be very teachy. So bear with me, y'all. Number one, prepare your heart. Number one, prepare your heart. Now, look, I remember when I first started attending a church, I would always hear the pastor or the host say, prepare your heart, and I had no idea what that meant. And I'm like, what do you mean, prepare my heart? Like, do I need to saute it, season it? Like, what do you want me to do? Prepare my heart. It just didn't, it just didn't make sense. And my neighbor would say, hey, prepare your heart. I'm like, prepare for what? I, I just didn't understand it. So to break down the church lingo, this is literally what this means. It means to take a pause and to recognize what you're about to step into. And so when it, when it entails our Bible, it's the pause and to recognize that this Bible is powerful, good. that it has the ability to change your life, that God will literally speak to you through it. Again, that it's not old, it's not ancient, it's not archaic, yeah. it's actually relevant, yeah. it's alive, and it can influence me today. It's taking a moment and recognize that. And look, I'm not saying that you can't read your word in any type of way, that you can't just go to it, that you can't uh, read it when you're super emotional, that you can't read it on the go. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if you don't take a pause and recognize the fact that this Bible is powerful, you're doing yourself a disservice. Right. You're missing out on some of the greatness that lies before you because this book, when you open it, it will change your life. It can make a difference in every way. You can have a direct encounter with God no matter where you are. And so you have to prepare your heart for that. You have to take a moment to pause and to soak that in, to pray, say, God, thank you for your word. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to reveal something to you. You know, it made me think when I was preparing for this, it's a lot like an interview. A lot of us, when we're looking for a new job, what do we do? We go online and we research a new job and we prepare for it. I remember my entire life, I have done so many different types of jobs. And I remember when I was first looking into going into pharmacy, it made zero sense because I had no medical background. So what did I do? I researched everything that a pharmacy uh, technician does. I'm like, okay, so I gotta know this, I gotta know this. So when I walked into that interview, I was dressed accordingly. I had all the right material prepared. I was ready to go. I ended up getting the job, it worked out. But what was, would have been the result if I had just won it? I walked in, hey, I don't know, never done medical before. <laughs> dressed in nonchalant. Hey, you know, I saw the ad. <laughs> you think that would have left a good impression? You think that would have worked out in my favor? It's the same with our Bibles. You can't just wing this. You got to go in with the mindset, I'm going to prepare myself so that I can receive what I'm looking for. If you're looking for a breakthrough, prepare yourself for it. Open your heart. Open your mind. The results will change vastly. The point is this. How we approach the Word of God will determine its impact on our lives. How we approach the word of God will determine its impact on our lives. Point number here, uh, two here, if you're taking notes, is make it practical. Make it practical. Forgive me, I'm gonna take a lot of sips from this tea. My throat is a little dry, so just bear with me. If I cough, I, just excuse me. But make it practical, you gotta make it practical, okay? And what I mean by this is not make your Bible practical, 
Make reading it practical. It doesn't need to be this super ornate, detailed, I gotta, look, I saw this meme the other day and it made me die laughing. It says a man, when they read their book, they just slap it down, they open it and they start going. A woman's like, okay, let me grab my notebook, my scented candle, I gotta get me some coffee, let me dim the lights a little bit, I need a blanket. Look, it doesn't need to be super extravagant. He just wants you to open it. He just wants you to open it. And look, I'm not saying that you, you have to not do that. You can. If you want to make it more special, go for it. But I'm saying you don't have to. It's a lot more simpler than that. And I think for a lot of us, we don't know where to start. And so we look at our Bibles and we're a little discouraged. We're like, I don't know where to go. And so a few uh, years ago, our pastor made something called the Bible Frame. And I love it. I think it's essential. Production has a photo for it on the screen and online. They'll have it for you as well. I want, you to, I want to encourage you, if you don't know where to start, start in a gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Pick your poison. They're all great. Uh, Matthew was my favorite. It was the first book that I ever read. It's very detailed. And I liked that. I thought it was super cool. You could go into Mark. Mark is another great option that we recommend because it's very, it's general in nature where it has a little bit of everything. It has a little bit of the love of God. has a little bit of the details. It's really good. It's great to be in. Luke was a physician. And he interviewed a lot of people to write his gospel. And so it's like overly detailed, but like in a medical sense. So if that you know, gets you excited, go for it. Read Luke. Or you could read John. John is all, all about the love of God. And what I love about John is John was a little boastful in this. He actually used to say he is the disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah. That's a lot like texting like your, your sibling chat, like I'm the son that mother loves most. <laughs> It just kind of rubs me wrong. I'm like, ah, disciple, that just get over it, John. That's, how, that's probably how the other disciples looked at it. But again, this book is alive. It was written by real people like you and I. They had real personalities, real mindsets. It's great to start. So jump in a gospel. Number two, jump in Acts. Dive straight into the formation of the church or what was called the way the way. Because the church at that standpoint, contextually, was Judaism. It was a Jewish Hebrew religion. And Jesus kind of not went against that to push it away, but to grow it so that other people can experience it. And so it was called the way. So what you're sitting in right now is what the church looks like 2,000 years later, the way, okay? Then after that, you can jump into Romans. Romans. This is called an epistle. An epistle is a fancy word for a letter. That's literally all it means, is a letter. And a lot of the epistles in the Bible were written by the Apostle Paul. This one was written to the Roman church, who at the time was led by the Apostle Peter, which was a disciple of Jesus. Peter is a, he's one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite individuals from the Bible. And then after that, you can go into Genesis. Genesis. This is the start of it all, from Adam and Eve to the father of our faith, Abraham. You could read about Noah and his ark. You could read about someone getting swallowed by a rail. There, there's a lot of different stories in it. I don't recommend starting there, uh, but you can if you want. I recommend going to a gospel first, then to Acts, Romans, and then find your way to Genesis. And please, look, there's nothing wrong with Revelation, but don't start there. <laughs> Revelation is for like those people who like those psycho thriller movies like <laughs> don't start there that's a little it's a little weird at times start start with something that's palatable something that you can relate to because I want to I want to encourage you reading the word should be fun 
It should be exciting. It doesn't have to be this super holy moment. It should be something that is practical in your everyday life, that you find a way. It's like going to the gym in the morning. Find a way to plug this in to your everyday life. I want to encourage you guys. People used to die for this. In fact, people still do. This is still illegal in some cultures to have. Your whole entire family could be uh, killed or thrown in prison for having a Bible in your home. Don't allow yours to sit on a shelf and collect dust. You have to open it. God wants to speak to you. Please dive in your word. And number three, the third way to engage the word of God is to write the promises of God. Write the promises of God. Did you know that the average Bible has just over 1,200 pages? That's the average Bible length. Some translations will be thicker, some will be thinner. But the average is 1,200 pages. It contains 66 books. That's a lot more than the Harry Potter trilogy. Okay, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. Seven major covenants made between God and his people. What a covenant means is like an agreement. It's like a hard set in stone agreement between God and his people. But this is my favorite fact. This is the best one of them all. The Bible contains 8,810 promises from God to his people. The Bible is literally filled with promises. You can't go to a page in the Bible and not find a promise of God. And so how to make this practical, how to engage it, you got to write those out. The God of the universe is promising something to you. Do you know it? Do you know what he's promising you? Do you know what he's declaring over your life? Do you know what he feels, how he's talking about you, how he sees you? Do you know it? Are you letting God speak to yourself or speak to you? One of my favorite things about uh, the Bible that I used to do is I used to input my name into the narrative. Here's a great example of this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, Chris, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, Chris. Right. Plans to give you a hope and a future, Chris. So what does that look like for you? For I know the plans I have for you, Jonathan, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you, John. Plans to give you a hope and a future, Zach. Put your name in it. Relate to it. It's a promise to you. So, God, you mean that you want to bless me and not harm me? Write that down. I have a hope and a future? Write that down. Or how about this one? This is my life verse, my favorite verse ever. Matthew six thirty three. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, Chris, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need, Chris. And I'd write that down. Church, I know this is practical. It may even seem elementary. It may be old news. But it doesn't make this any less powerful. When we write down God's promises, we are claiming them for our own lives. By knowing the promises of God, you can begin to claim them in everyday moments and see real kingdom change in your life. You'll experience more joy, more peace, more worship, more knowledge of who God is, more excitement, more praise, more breakthroughs when you claim the promises of God. 
And this isn't a new concept. I promise you, this is found in Deuteronomy 6, 8 through 9, Old Testament. This is what God used to tell the people of Israel. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on doorposts of your house and on your gates. Promises of God, write them out. Tie them to yourself so you don't forget them. It's important. It's easy, church. Prepare your heart, make it practical, and write down his promises. On this 21-day fast, I promise you, church, if you engage the word this way, it will transform your life. Okay? And here's three ways that it will actually transform your life. Three ways that engaging the word will transform your life. Number one, the word will transform our minds. The word will transform our minds. I'd say it's pretty obvious. If we take a look around this room, um, we're, we're pretty different. We don't look the same. We don't act the same. We don't talk the same. We're not the same height. We're not from the same background. We don't respond to victories the same way. We don't respond to problems the same way. If you asked us what our favorite food is, hopefully the majority of us would have something different. We're different. And honestly, that's okay. In fact, the Bible tells us that our differences make us stronger, right? Not everyone can be a hand. You need a wrist. You need a forearm. You need an elbow. You need a shoulder. Some people want to be the head. You don't want to be the head. That's Jesus. We, we didn't want to die like Jesus, so, you know, be fine being like an elbow, all right? Pick your spot and be okay with that. But it's okay to be different. But one of the things I love about the Word is God loves that we're different. But in actuality, He wants us to think the same. Less like us, more like Him. It's okay that we're different. But when it comes to how we think less like us, more like him. His desire is for us to be transformed, for us to begin to reflect him in our everyday lives so that we can be used to reach more people. One of the reasons why we're fasting in this season is we're denying ourselves physical food in order to grow closer to God. So let me, let me promise you something. You're not denying yourself the penny olive vodka and the brownies and the ice cream to grow closer to God. You're denying that food to replace it with the word of God so that you grow closer to God. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. He wants us to become more like him. And I'm telling you, the greatest way to become more like Christ, to think more like Christ, to act more like Christ, to know more about God is in his word. I love this verse. It's found in Romans 12 too. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have a physical Bible, please bring one with you. I bring this Bible with me everywhere. Don't just rely on the screens. Pull out uh, uh, your Bible. Romans, it's an epistle. We just spoke about uh, this is written by Paul. Okay, 12.2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Church, the goal is always for us to stand out, to be different, but not necessarily individually. He's speaking culturally. He wants us to become less like the world and more like his heavenly kingdom. But it's important for us as we engage the word that we ask ourselves this simple question. Am I allowing his word to influence my life or my life 
to influence the word? Am I allowing heavenly principles to influence my mind? Or am I allowing CNN and Fox News and my favorite influencer to influence my life? You have to go to the word of God. If you don't know how to think about something, read his word. He'll open it up to you. How about this one? When people speak to me, are they seeing the same me? Or are they seeing a heavenly difference in me? Are they seeing the same me? Or are they seeing a heavenly difference in me? The goal is for us to begin to think more like God, not his word affirm our views. It's the opposite. He has to inform us. If we read his word with the right approach, your life will forever be changed. Read his word with a, what does God say about this? mindset and accept the corrections in your everyday life. He wants to use you to make an impact in the world, but it starts with the transformation of your mind. He will transform your mind when you read his word. Number two here, the word will transform our desires. You know, I've shared a lot about my upbringing and how I was raised. Uh, I gave my life to Christ about 12 to 13 years ago. And if you've heard my story uh, time and time again, I won't bore you with the extra details. But for those who haven't heard it, I'll just cut straight to the chase. I didn't know God. God was not in my life. Well, yeah, he was always with me. But I didn't see him. Like, he was not anywhere in my viewpoint or in my desires. I didn't know God. I had no relationship with him. I didn't go to church. In fact, the only time I went to church, the church that was in our town had a skate park, so I would literally go during the week so I could skate, but I was not going on a Sunday. And I remember I'd walk in, they'd say, the Lord loves you. He loves you too, brother. And I'd walk right out. I was there for one reason and one reason only. And I remember growing up, those desires just got stronger and stronger, doing what I wanted, not what God wanted. The lack of having God in my life really began to show. I started doing what I wanted. I started to act how I wanted. I started to talk how I wanted. I wanted what I wanted. We all wanted nice things. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to party. I wanted to be with girls. I wanted to drink. I wanted to do drugs. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. The, the hard part for me, though, was it left me in a whole lot of legal trouble. And the closest people to me were hurt. There's a lot of repairs that I had to do. And I remember when I first started to attend a church, to dive in, man, it changed everything. I I started wanting to know more about God. And so I would sit in church and I'd be like, man, I, I need to dive deeper. And so I got into a new group of friends and I remember vividly, they all had their Bibles and I got excited about it. I would get off of work and I would run home just to open this. Yeah. God, what do you say about my life? What do you want for me? What are the promises that you have over me? I have done a lot of me for a long time. I wasted a lot of years. I don't want to waste anymore. What do you say about my life? What do you want me to do? And I'll just dig, dig, dig. And I began to see how I no longer wanted to go out and spend time with my friends who, quite honestly, were wasting time. I wanted to press into this new direction, this new desire that God had given me. I wanted to learn more about him. Some of us have actually texted me this week, so you may relate to this. I remember my first time fasting. I used to have these really bad cluster migraines because I fasted coffee. Uh, I don't fast coffee anymore. Uh, it's bean juice. That's how I, you know, a loophole. But I remember uh, Pastor Kyra told me, she's like, Chris, you should just drink coffee. I said, no, I committed to this 21-day fast. I'm seven days in. I got to make it. Man, a lot of pain. Yeah. 
But I remember I would open my Bible and I would read and hours would go by and that feeling of hungerness would just vanish because I was, I was, I desired his word. The same thing can happen for you. I love this verse that's found in Ephesians. It's going to be chapter four. Again, another epistle. It's going to be verse 22. Paul writes, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Church, when you're intentional with His Word, God will replace your worldly desires with His heavenly desires. And I'm sure we can all agree, we're broken. Our way doesn't work. What we want isn't what's best for our life. So press into something that's worth following. Press into something that can change your life, that is good for you. Press into the Word of God. Because at the end of the day, when we all die, when it's all said and done, everything that we built that's outside of God's desires will be gone. It would have been a waste of time. In fact, John says this, 1 John 2, 17, it says, The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Church, when you read his word, the less you'll want to do what you want and the more you'll want to do what he wants. And I want to make this clear. We all have struggles. We all have desires. We all have sin. We all have wants. We all have things that we battle with that aren't of God. And I promise you, reading his word, that may not go anywhere. But what I can promise you is this. Here's the key. The more that we read the word of God the more the Spirit redirects our heart and our desires to the things of God. God doesn't promise to give us what we want. What He does promise is that He'll transform our desires. He doesn't promise to give us what we want, but He does promise to transform our desires. When we prioritize the things of God, we'll begin to see them play out in our everyday life. It'll be the thing you want most. And lastly, as we conclude this morning, point number three, the word will transform your purpose. The word will transform your purpose. You know, for a lot of us on this fast in this season, you're praying for God to give you a direction, to give you clarity for answers. I can't count how many people I've spoken to or have texted me this season. Hey, what, how can I pray for you in this season? I'm just looking for a direction. I'm looking for what's next. I, I just, I want God to speak to me about my purpose. What am I called to? Why am I here? I think for a lot of us, we're tired of wandering around, wondering what's next. What does God have in store for my life? Why am I here? If I could be honest, I've been found in that trap before. I've been there too. Wondering, God, why have I experienced this? Why am I going through this? What's the point? But if I can encourage you just a little bit, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to struggle with what does God have for me next? He's already given it to you. The answer is right in front of you. It always has been. This is my favorite point out of this entire message. If you only take this one thing away, please remember this. The Word of God is God's way of giving us immediate access to Him. 
It's God's way of giving you immediate access to him. I have to call my mom to learn what she's doing, to follow up on her life. I have to text my friends to see what's going on, what's new, what are they thinking about. You don't have to do that with God. He's already given it to you. You just have to open his word. It's immediate access. And look, I want to encourage you, listening to someone on a Sunday, on a stage community, it's great. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus and I sat under our pastor's teaching, I loved it. I couldn't wait for Sunday. I wanted to hear what he had to say, what God was speaking through him. But please stop waiting for us to give you a word of God when he's already given it to you. You have to read this for yourself. We're supplementary. We're great at directing and helping you navigate through it. God's given you everything you need right here. Allow him to speak to you. I can't give you everything that God wants to give you. I can't communicate the things that God wants to speak to you, but he can. All you have to do is open his word to find out, to receive everything that he plans on giving you. God wants to speak to you. He wants to show you something. He wants to guide you. He wants to push you forward. He wants to bless you. He wants to tell you about the promises that he has for your life, the greatness that lies before you. What you may see as a dead end, he sees as a starting point. But you have to read it for yourself. You have to learn about it for yourself. Everything you need, the answer you've been looking for, church, I promise you, it's found right here. All you have to do is open up his word. Don't wait another day wondering what's next. Don't wait another moment wondering what God has in store for your life. Stop sitting there and waiting for God to speak to you in some miraculous way. It's sitting right here in front of you. He's already spoken. You just have to read it. You just have to open it for yourself. I encourage you, church. Let God begin a new work in your life. Open up your Bible. Read. Press in. And watch how God will transform your life. So church, if you enjoyed today's message, if we could give it a round of applause. Thank you guys so much for joining us today.